Welcome to Drive Digital Success, your behind-the-scenes podcast about Formula One and the technology driving it. Presented by Chris Medland and Mandy Carter. Powered by IONOS, first-class cloud and IT infrastructure. Mario Isola, Head of F1 and Car Racing at Pirelli. Mario, how long has Pirelli been in Formula One? Pirelli has been in Formula One since 2011, but I'm talking just about the last period because obviously we have been involved since the 50s with the first victories of Farina and other great drivers and then in the 90s and back for the final period, the current period uh, from 2011. And Pirelli's the tyre supplier Formula One exclusively right now. Why are tyres so important in Formula One? First of all, because it's the only part of the car that is touching the ground. And even if we are the sole supplier, the teams are dedicated a lot of resources to understand how the product works and how they can extract performance from the product. Because if they are able to understand better the product and to work and operate the tires at the maximum level of grip, obviously they have an advantage. When do teams get tyres? When it's the only time they give them Pirelli tyres at a racetrack or do they get them at their factory to look at and to use other times? The teams have the tyres only at the track and there are some limitations for them to test the tyres, for example, with rig or indoor machines. They have a number of what we call non-competition tyres that are designed for specific use. For example, they have a number of sets per year of wind tunnel tyres, they have a number of sets per year of rig test tyres or for their promotional events, but we don't have in their workshop any race or test tyre. It was decided by the FIA, it's a limitation for them, it's an additional challenge for them. And when you have a bit of unpredictability, it is better for the show because otherwise the engineers are trying to predict everything. I believe that is better to give them some good challenges. It looks easy when everyone puts tyres on their road cars and gets given a set of tyres from you guys, but there's a lot of work that goes into creating that tyre in the first place. Where do you start when you have to build a Formula One tyre? I would say we start from simulations now, and we have a very good virtual model of the tyre that we share with the teams so they can plug in the model into their simulators and give us a feedback. So the start of the activity is on virtual models and finite element analysis. We move into the first physical prototypes. First element that we have to define is the profile of the tyre because obviously you have to build a mould and it takes time and it's important to define the profile as a first step. Then we finalise the construction. The last step is about compounds because you need to develop compounds on the final version of the construction in order to make the compound work properly, to have the right footprint, the right pressure and temperature distribution and so on and so on. And what are the different compounds that you then develop for Formula One? We develop five compounds for uh, slick tires, what we call C1, that is the hardest, to C5, that is the softest. In the past, we had also a different number of compounds, depending on uh, the targets we wanted to achieve. Uh, we had one year seven compounds. They are probably a bit too many. I believe that five compounds is a good compromise. The hardest compounds have the highest working range because usually you use the hard compound on high severity circuits with aggressive roughness of the tarmac 
drug uh, and characteristics that are stressing the compounds at a higher level. You put more energy into the tire and you reach higher temperature. That is why the hard compound has a higher working range, going through all the range to the C5, that is the softer compound with a lower working range with different uh, mechanical characteristics with more grip, but obviously less resistance to wear. That means that it is a tire that degrades quickly and that has more wear, but we use the C5 on street circuits or low severity circuit. When you're developing all these compounds and all of the tires, how much data do you need to gather to understand what they're doing and how do you do that? We like to get as many data as we can because obviously for the engineers uh, that are in R&D, any data are useful. We get telemetry data from the teams. To give you an idea, we receive more than 90 telemetry channels from them. We are interested in the channels that are telling us how the tires are working on track. So channels related to the suspension, to the temperatures, to the pressure, wear profile, level of wear, level of degradation, feedback from the team, from the driver, of course, because then we can compare the driver comment with the telemetry data. And the other point is that we want to compare track data with indoor data. So we characterize each tire with some indoor machines that we have in Milan and in other places. It's really important to get this correlation in order also to fine-tune our model and make them models and make them even more predictable than now or to expand the model on other applications such as intermediate tire and wet tire, for example, because on top of the five slick compounds and the slick product, we have also to design an intermediate tire with different characteristics and a wet tire for full wet condition with a higher resistance to aquaplaning, for example. And it's also important that we have the proper crossover between the wet, the intermediate and the slick so the teams have the opportunity to choose the right tire depending on weather conditions. I know that Pirelli get a little bit more freedom than Formula One teams get in terms of testing, but how restricted are you still in terms of actually being able to run tyres on a racetrack and how much simulation work then do you have to do? In terms of testing, I believe that now we have a good compromise. I appreciate that it's difficult for teams to accommodate additional testing when we have a championship with 23 races and the time left is very little. So we have now 25 days of testing that are dedicated to tyres and we test with all the teams. So also for the teams, it means a couple of days uh, per team or a bit more. In the past, it was uh, more difficult. We started in 2011 using an old Toyota 2009 that was still a representative car at that time. But obviously then they were running out of spare parts and the car was not representative uh, in terms of performance. Uh, So going through the years, uh, we had uh, different uh, options and situations. Now, the last one to have 25 days of testing, we can dedicate 20 days for slick tires and uh, usually we have five or six days for wet and intermediate tires and I believe it's a good compromise. In parallel, we work with the teams, with all the teams in order to get the data and feedback from them on our models, the thermomechanical models and the finite element model are really important when we have a big change in technical regulation because in this case, we don't have a car that is really representative of the expected performance for the following year and that means 
means that we work a lot with uh, simulations and simulators. In 2016, we had to move to the wider tires. Uh, the expected performance was six seconds quicker than cars that were running in 2016. And it was impossible to have a, a mule car with this level of performance. Now it is a very similar situation with cars that are completely different in 2022 with the 18 inches, as we said. And so comparing what we get from simulations with the data collected on track is really helpful. Are those simulations you do in the team simulators or do you have your own simulator at Pirelli? We have our own simulator in Pirelli and we have our own model of car, but we also rely on feedback that is coming from the teams because they run our model in their simulators. And that's helpful also to understand which is the difference in terms of simulations across the team. To give you an example, uh, when we started to develop the 18 inches tire, the first batch of simulation coming from the teams were quite different. And then now they converge to a model of the car that is a lot more similar because obviously they were still in discussion on technical regulation at the beginning. Now with different iterations, they have a model of the car that is a lot closer to what we are going to see on track next year. And if you're using some of your own simulation work and some of the team simulators, to then understand that, do you have to use a cloud data to have access to all the different teams? We have a dedicated server for simulation with is an FTP access. So yeah, we have obviously all the protection to guarantee the confidentiality of data. Also, the access to this data are restricted to few people in Pirelli. For example, the allocated engineer has access to the data only of his own team, not other teams. You've mentioned the new tyres in 2022, but even if the regulations aren't changing, do you develop and update the tyres every season? We develop an updated tyre every season because it is necessary to follow the increase of performance of the cars. Even if in a situation of technical regulation or very little changes, we know that there is a development that usually we can quantify in uh, 1 to 1.5 seconds per lap on an average track. Uh, We usually take Barcelona as a reference. That means that the level of energy and the level of stress that you're putting on the tyres is different and uh, we need to fine-tune the product for next year. Even more relevant because we don't know exactly how the new cars are going to perform and if we need to adjust compounds range in order to be properly centered because we assume that cars next year will be close in terms of performance. At the beginning there was a discussion that they were probably slower by two to three seconds per lap. Now the latest simulations are saying that very close 0.5 second per lap is nothing and I can imagine that maybe at the end of the season we are as fast as the current cars or even more. So We need to consider that to check that the compounds are working as expected during our tire development test and obviously to upgrade the construction and compounds. Given the amount of stress put on the tires by the performance of Formula One cars, how do you go about taking on the challenge of changing from 13 inches to 18 inches? What was the program you had to put in place to develop the new type of tire? Changing from 13 to 18 inches is a challenge, but luckily we have uh, quite a good experience on the 18 inches tires because it is the most popular size in motorsport. In GT racing, we have uh, 18 inches tires since many years. On our road cars, we have 18 inches tires and even bigger diameter since many years. So we are happy, first of all, that with this new size, the technology transfer from uh, race to road, as we say, is even better, even more relevant. And also we added the possibility to use the experience that we 
we have in other categories also in Formula One. But Formula One is different because vertical and lateral load, the level of energy that you put into the tires is much, much higher than any other series. We have the experience now of two years of 18 inches tires in Formula Two. It was absolutely useful to anticipate the change in Formula Two in order to have a championship that is uh, quite close to Formula One and get data also in a real uh, race environment. But again, Formula One is different. So when we calculate the forces, the accelerations, the energy that is going into the tires, they are different. And that is why I can say it was a challenge, but we are happy that we had the possibility to get this challenge. And just finally, yeah, you took on a a big challenge for 2022. You update the tyres every year. It sounds like a lot of work when you win every Formula One race. Why do you have to put in so much effort if you're going to win every week? We have to continue to develop tyres and to be on top of that because Formula One teams are very demanding and they want a tyre with some uncertain characteristics that we have discussed at length in the past. Drivers, for example, we are asking for a tyre with less overheating. They want to push more on tyre. They want more action on tyre, close racing. And so all the package for next year is designed with this idea in mind. The delta lap time has to be within certain limits, the level of degradation in order to have also, if possible, on Sunday during the race, uh, different strategies, one stop, two stops, different compounds used, because this is uh, good for Formula One. This is a good uh, technical challenge for the teams and it is good for uh, the show. So this is why we have to develop tires. We don't want to stop the development. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for listening. See you at our next pit stop in two weeks. Drive Digital Success. Brought to you by Ionos, first-class cloud and IT infrastructure. Production by Digital Compact. Presenters are Mandy Carter and Chris Medland. Music and sound design by raffamusic.com. If you've liked this podcast, recommend it to your friends and give us five stars at your favourite podcast provider.